Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We're very excited to have Brother and Sister Peyton with us today, and we're excited about what the Lord is doing in their life. And as I said in the last service, we've had the uh, last weekend the opportunity to have a veteran missionary and his family with us, and they're talking about what God has done over the last few decades in their life. And now we have the privilege to be able to position ourselves with a brand new missionary couple that uh, the Lord is now unfolding and and uh, opening doors in their life. And we're excited about that and excited about what God will do through them and has already begun in their lives. And I appreciate their passion for the work of God and for the will of God. And uh, as someone said many, many years ago, that not everyone can go, but everyone can give. And so we're, we're not all called to go. And, but I'm thankful for those who hear that call and, and uh, yield themselves to that call. And uh, then I'm thankful for the churches in North America, like this church, that, uh, that says will, willingly and willfully that we will support and it's not just about finances, of course. Brother Brad Thompson talked about uh, just one week ago from this very pulpit about how a, a man in their church felt led to pray for them, pray for him. And at that specific time, he was um, there was someone trying to run him off the road to steal his car in Guatemala, miles away, worlds away in some respects. And so we don't want to just join with someone in finances out of an obligation, sort of a contract kind of thing, but we want to connect with them in our heart, in our lives. And we're very, very honored that they are here. We're thankful that God is using them and they're allowing that to happen. And I'm going to turn the service over to them at this point. God bless you. Praise the Lord, everybody. I'm going to talk for longer than my wife, so I'm going to let her go first. Praise the Lord, church. Oh, I just love the opportunity to come and worship God with my family, with my church family, with the kingdom of God. And that kingdom of God is not just here in Hatchbin. It's not just here in Florida. It's not just where um, here in America, but it's across the whole globe. And it's welcome and open to everyone. And I'm so thankful for God's spirit because it is what's give, what gives us peace. It is what gives us joy. It's what gives us hope in a world beyond this. I'm so thankful for God. We're here, uh, as Pastor Boyd has said, we're representing the nation of Vanuatu. 
Now I'd like to kind of give you a little information about it. Um, we did want to sing a couple of songs in the native language. Um, so Vanuatu, it's in the country, or it's, it's in the South Pacific, just northeast of Australia, west of Fiji. It's an island nation that's made up of approximately 83 islands. And amongst those 83 islands, there's over 100 different languages. Now, we're not learning all 100 languages. <laughs> That'll be a little difficult. But there is one, one pidgin language that all, all of the islands speak, and that's called Bislama. So Bislama is a pidgin. It's a mixture of English and French and a lot of the different native languages. Um, and so it, Bislama, it's, it's, um, it's written kind of how it sounds. If you wouldn't mind um, putting up the lyrics for the first song, we wanted to sing um, one of the songs that we sang when we were in, in Vanuatu. And uh, so what I'd like to do is I'd like to teach you a new language. <laughs> so um, the first line says... Lift him up name, which is simply lift up the name of Big Fala Jesus. Now in Vanuatu, the, the name, the term Big Fala, it's an honorary term. It's like chief. He's the, he's the, he's the head guy. He's the Big Fala. So we lift up the name of the guy who's on top. The big fella, Jesus. He's the one who can, who can hear our problems and actually give an answer. It's, it's, he's the big fella. So lift him up name, big fella, Jesus. Lift him up name, big fella, Jesus. Jesus, Hemi King all time, which is simply Jesus. He's the king of all time. He's our eternal king. He's our eternal father. And that's why we want to lift up his name. Sing with us. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. Lift him up name. Big father Jesus. Lift him up name. Big Father Jesus, lift him up name. Big Father Jesus, Jesus hear me King all time. Lift up the name, lift him up name. Big Father Jesus, lift him up name. Big Father Jesus, lift him up name. Big Father Jesus, Jesus hear me King all time. Sing Hosanna, 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 Hosanna. Lift up the name, lift him up name. Big Father Jesus, lift him up name. Big Father Jesus, lift him up name. Big Father Jesus, Jesus hear me King all time. Sing Hosanna, Hosanna. 
all time. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, we lift up your name. We worship you, God. Oh, Lord, we honor you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, we worship you, Lord. So how do you think you did? You did all right? I think y'all sounded great. Sounded like you just learned a new language. <laughs> well, I'm going to teach you one more song. Um, if you wouldn't mind putting up the lyrics for the next song. Okay, the first line says, E got one fella something, which is, I've got one thing. I've only got one thing. And Hemi big fella, that's the big fella. So I've only got one thing, and that's Jesus. E on top more, which is, he's on top more, or he's on top the most. There's no one higher than him. I've got one thing, and that's Jesus, is he's on top the most. Hallelujah. If you wouldn't mind the next slide. You talk lo money. So if you want to talk about or prefer money, no, no, no. You talk lo sabe. You want to talk about knowledge or wisdom or uh, philosophy. If you want to put your all of your thoughts on that, no, no, no. You talk lo big name. You want to talk about or think about or spend all of your time focusing on uh, the the things before and after your name, uh, doctor. If you're the president or if you're you know trying to get get uh, prestige, no, no, no. But if you want to talk to me about Jesus, oh Jesus, yes, Hemi big fella. He's the big fella. He's the he's the best. E on top mo. He's on top the most. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He got one fella something, he may big fella, he on top more. Hallelujah. He got one fella something, he may big fella, he on top more. Hallelujah. God one fella something he me big fella he on top more hallelujah oh you talk the money no 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 you talk the southern no 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 you talk the big name no 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 but you talk the Jesus yes Jesus yes he me big fella he on top more hallelujah he got one fella something, he me big fella, he on top more, hallelujah. He got one fella something, he me big fella, he on top more, hallelujah. Oh, you talk the money, no, no, no. You talk the sovereign, no, no, no. You talk the big name, no, no, no. But you talk the Jesus, yes, Jesus, yes. Hear me, big fella, he on top more. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, God, we worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord, Jesus. Hallelujah. No matter what language you worship him in, let's just take another second to worship him right now. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, you are in this place, Lord. You are on top. You are in charge. Oh, and we have met you here today. 
Oh God, thank you Jesus. Thank you Jesus. It's so good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. It's good to be amongst family. It's good to be in familiar places amongst friends. We were talking about it uh, before church. You know, when you're moving in the spirit, when you go where God leads you, when you go into an apostolic service and you feel God move, you always feel at home because you feel at home in God's presence. But Brother Boyd was saying before service, and I agree with him, some places feel more home than others. And I'm glad that we can call this one of those places. Amen. We are very honored to represent to you the nation of Vanuatu. You can put up the first slide of my presentation. I just want to go through uh, some of the things that we did. We were over there this uh, recent summer, and we'll be going back this next summer for an even longer period of time. And uh, we just want to share with you some of the things that we did and some of the things that we will be doing uh, when we return overseas. It is a small nation in the South Pacific, northwest of Australia, and just east of Fiji. It's a nation of about 270,000 people and uh, as my wife mentioned over 80 islands from the top to the bottom I think it's somewhere between 500 and 600 miles all of these islands are spread out and that's where we were ministering down there in the South Pacific. So I want to share with you some of the things that we did. Going to the next slide obviously there's a big need for preaching in the nation of Vanuatu. We preached several times while we were over there but the biggest need for preaching right now is the is some of the establishment of new churches but also preaching in some of the more remote areas of Vanuatu it is a third world country and like many third world countries that make a lot of their income on tourism the main island that we were on is very built up but you start getting to some of the more rural areas you start going to some of the more remote islands that are less accessible you find uh, less less accommodations, less of everything, truly. And so there's a big need for preaching in some of these remote areas. One of the things that we're doing while we're there is we're teaching and equipping people and sending them to these more remote islands and giving them resources that they might not have access to otherwise. So there's a big need for preaching in Vanuatu as there is all over the world. But this was only one part of what we did. Going to the next slide, I also want to talk about some of the building projects that we were involved with over there. On the top you see the headquarters amphitheater which was finished uh, this most recent summer a lot of the local churches in Vanuatu gave very generously both of their time and money to have this amphitheater constructed a few years ago there was another church on that property the headquarters church uh, that a hurricane came and took the whole building away brought it down to its foundations. It was a very state-of-the-art building that a church from Missouri had came over there and built, and the hurricane took it away. So the local church gave very generously to have this amphitheater finished and constructed for us to have general conferences and weddings and other conferences and, and, and lots of different things in, but often at the expense of some of their own churches. And so we were going and, and meeting in buildings like that for general conference, and then I would teach in a local church uh, that might literally be poles and a tin roof and maybe some tarps and so uh, there's a big need for churches to be built over there there's a big need for new places to be constructed uh, to worship God on the bottom you see the Bible school which was also heavily damaged uh, in that hurricane but it's also it's now being uh, getting back to the place where it needed to be but those are some of the things uh, that we are helping out with and when we return there will be some other projects that the missionary has also informed uh, that our funds uh, will be helping to 
uh, go towards. Going to the next slide, I want to talk about General Conference very briefly. This last year, we helped out with the General Conference. Brother Doug Kleindens came over and preached. We taught a couple sessions during the daytime, my wife and I, a very powerful move of God. Uh, this coming General Conference, we will be there for the next General Conference. And the reason that this is so significant is I believe this is the first time that an AYC trip is going over to Vanuatu. And they will be going over there during a general conference. So just a side plug, if you're a young person, actually over the age of 18, and you're interested in visiting us next year, talk to your pastor, and uh, there's an AYC trip coming over this uh, next year. But we're very excited to be helping out with that because it's surrounding the General Conference. So there's going to be a lot of help there, uh, not just with music and other things, but also with evangelism and other special presentations will be going on during the service. We are very excited to be a part of that. We're going to be a uh, part of the team that goes out with them because uh, we'll already be over there. And so that's going to be one of our uh, big responsibilities the next time we go over as well. Going to the next slide, after the general conference, we had the prayer conference. The reason we had two conferences back-to-back is if you're a pastor in a very remote island, it's not always easy, cheap, or convenient to get to the main island for conference. If you've ever lived in a place like that where you have to hop by boat or by plane, uh, it's very time-consuming. If you go by plane, it can be very expensive. So these rural pastors, some of which the... uh, some of which the... um, organization over there paid to fly them in. Uh, They wanted to make sure they got uh, the most bang for their buck, if you will. And so they uh, went over there. We had two conferences back-to-back. This one, Brother Allen and Sister Georgine Shaw, former missionaries to Pakistan, current missionaries to Malaysia. They came over and taught this prayer conference. On the bottom right, you see a very rudimentary camera setup. The reason I included that in there is because it is the missionary's goal right now to equip some of these rural pastors. Many of them, even though they'll live in rural area, they'll have access to some electricity. So his goal is whenever they come in for these conferences to be able to load them up with as much electronic resources as possible to send them back to their local area for their church and also for their own uh, benefit. So that's one of the other projects, and I'll talk more about that in a minute. Going to the next slide, uh, I just want to share with you some of the other miscellaneous things that we did over there. On the left, we worked with youth. Uh, There's a big need for working with the youth in Vanuatu. As I said, it is a very poor country. Uh, Every youth area that we went to, uh, a lot of jobs are being taken over by some foreign interest groups, and so especially on the main island, there's a very difficult time for young people to get jobs, especially if they don't have access to education, because education is not mandatory over there, so if your family cannot afford it, you just might not end up going. Um, And so if you don't have the education, if you don't have the connections, you might not get the jobs, and lack of jobs sometimes means making money in, in, in less uh, favorable ways, such as drugs and other things. And so there is a big need to work with the youth there. On the right, uh, Bible quizzing was started this last year. Now, the reason I mention this, and I know this is a Bible quizzing church, so uh, this is very exciting when this happened. This was not part of our plan when we went over there. 
But when we arrived, we were talking with some of the local leadership. One of the local Sunday school directors had a great burden to start Bible quizzing there in the nation of Vanuatu. She had some very rudimentary resources, some older resources, uh, some of them from the 90s and that Bible quizzing area. And so she had gotten hold of them somehow. And so I went over there. And sometimes God knows what he's preparing you for well before you do. Um, I quizzed for two years, once in the state of Maine, once in the state of Missouri. I also coached one year in the state of Missouri. Every time I quizzed or coached, I got second place because God was trying to keep me humble. But because of those experiences, I had resources that they did not have access to over there that they did not know were available, and also just some experience. So I was able to come alongside uh, that Sunday school director and help her out with Bible quizzing, and I'll be able to do that again when we go back. Again, that wasn't part of our plan, but it was something that uh, God allowed to happen. Going to the next slide, uh, I just want to briefly talk about some of the the fellowship and the friendship that we had while we were over there. Uh, These are pictures of very informal events. Um, These were just times we sat down to eat. One of them was a youth outing uh, and just some other different things that happened over there. Uh, But we discovered something when we went over there. Yes, we had good time in services. Yes, we had good time teaching the Bible school, which I'll mention in a minute. Um, But when we sat down with people, when we ate the local food, when we tried our very best to speak uh, the local languages, by the way, those were the two easiest songs we learned. there's plenty of more difficult ones that we'll bring you next time. All right. And, uh, but uh, what we discovered is when we sat down, when we ate their food, when we, when we spoke their language, there was a connection that was made that is simply not uh, available yelling from afar, if you will. It's not available from a distance. It only happens in sitting down and having interpersonal communication and hearing hopes and dreams and thoughts. And uh, it was a very impactful time. And this is what has really helped to solidify this burden in our hearts. One of the reasons why we didn't just go over for that trip, but we're going back again. And so we're very excited for that. Going to the next slide, I just want to talk very briefly here at the end about the Bible school. The reason I have saved this to the end is because the missionary has informed us that this will be our chiefest responsibility when we are over there the next time. His responsibilities has grown, and he is now in charge of more than one country. And uh, because of that, he has less time to work in the Bible school and also do some administrative work there. And so both Jennifer and I have felt a burden to teach Bible school. We went to Bible school ourselves for that. That very purpose, both of us, to teach. And when he offered this opportunity for us to go over and teach Bible school, we knew it was the will of the Lord. So when we go over there, we'll be teaching very regularly, as well as setting up that film studio that I mentioned. So eventually the goal is for these very remote pastors to bring entire Bible school courses with them back to their local churches. So churches can have those resources and materials and that instruction available to them. Ideally, especially, we're going to be some of the local pastors who teach in Bizlama, especially those courses that will be most understandable to them in their language. So that will be our chiefest responsibility. But I just want to conclude on this note, going to the last slide, that the work is continuing in Vanuatu. My wife and I very much have the benefit of going over there and uh, 
Really doing the work of Apollos, if you think about it. The work has already been planted. There's been a work there in Vanuatu for uh, over 30 years now, well over 30 years. And there's many churches that have been planted. And Jennifer and I have the benefit of going in there. Uh, We're not the veteran missionaries, as you have uh, mentioned. But the thing is that we have realized in this experience was that the work is continuing. As a seed is planted and it's watered and it grows, it's own, the, the planting of the seed is one event. The watering is continual. The beginning is one part, but it's the ongoing work that there's still so much need for in Vanuatu. I was talking with some of the local pastors over there, and I was, I was going on and on about how great it was that they had these churches planted and they had these preaching points that they're going out and working in different areas. And... I was impressed by the work that was going on over there, but the local leadership was not. They said there's still souls to be saved. There's still villages we can't get into. There's still areas of the country that are bound by animism and witchcraft and evil leaders that we won't let our preachers into. There's still islands that we don't have a church on. There's still villages that we don't have churches in, major ones. So they said we need to continue this work. So at the conclusion of this, I'm going to end my presentation here and I'm going to preach for a few minutes afterwards. I realize the time. But I just want us to take a minute right now to pray for... For the nation of Vanuatu. Pray for us, certainly, but please pray for the missionaries who are already over there right now. Brother Peter and Sister Robin Gration, they're veteran missionaries of over 20 years now. They uh, are, are thousands of miles away from their children. They are thousands of miles away from their only grandchild, and they did not see him, I think, till he was, I think, almost a year old. Some of the sacrifices that are made when you are over in the field. But they have found that being in the will of God is more rewarding than ever being out of the will of God. So please pray for us. Pray for the Gratians. Before you leave, we have prayer cards in the back by our booth. Stop by the booth and check it out. But let's just take a minute to pray right now. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you, God, for the work that is going on in Vanuatu. We thank you, God, for the work that has already happened over there, God. You've already done so much, but your word says that the latter rain will be greater than the former. So, God, we claim that right now. What you have started, you will finish, God. What you have begun, Lord, you will bring through until completion, Lord. I pray right now for the nation of Vanuatu. Have your perfect way, oh God. Have your perfect way in that nation. This is your church. It's not my church. It's not any one individual's church. This is your church, oh God. And God, we put it in your hands. Lord, have your perfect way in the nation of Vanuatu. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Somebody say, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I want to speak to you for a few minutes this morning from Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. And I'll be going to verse 14. Hebrews chapter 4. And starting at verse 14. It says this. Sing then. That we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, 
but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly into the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. I want to speak to you today for just a few minutes on this title, A God Who is Human. A God who is human. Down here in Florida, we were joking about this before service. Uh, I've been called Johnny Tummond on more than one occasion. I, I realized that, uh, and we were joking about this before service. I said, I'll be honest, I know why I'm speaking up here. It's all right. Uh, when we, before we got married, we actually traveled extensively throughout Florida. She brought me to the many churches and, and met the many people who have shaped her and made her the wonderful woman of God that she is today. Uh, and after we got married, I said, all right, now it's my turn. Now you have to come to my home state. So I brought her up to the, the frigid northern state of Maine, to a little town called Mars Hill. And uh, here's how you get to Mars Hill. You know Interstate 95 over here. You go to where that ends at the Canadian border. (laughs) You get off there, you go north for 45 minutes, and that's where I'm from. A little town called Mars Hill. Not actually named for the biblical Mars Hill, by the way. But the first guy who showed up there, his name was Mars, and he claimed the hill as his own. So it's called Mars Hill. So... In this town, we have many attractions, such as one blinking yellow light, um, no red lights, only a couple stop signs. Uh, it is a 97% white. It's only 1,500 people. It's a very small town. It is the epitome of small town USA. It is so far out in the middle of nowhere. The only thing we have to keep us company is the snow drifts that come year after year and pile six feet high against our door. And when we went up there, we were going through the town, and I said, Jennifer, I said, don't check that text message. You'll miss the town. We'll drive right through it. <laughs> Looked down at her phone. We missed half the town. I was like, oh, man. Very small town. But I could bring you today to people in Mars Hill who have never left Mars Hill. I could bring you today to people who have never left Aroostook County, which is where I'm from. I could bring you to people who have literally never left a two or three hour radius from that area. And when I was growing up, I thought I would never leave either. I mean, I love Maine. I still love Maine. uh, But my worldview was very, very narrow. Uh, they're still talking today about news stories that happened 20 years ago, and that's not an exaggeration. I told my wife, I said, when you get up here, we're going to hear about a police shootout that happened in the 90s. And one of the first pastors that we preached for said, yeah, like back when we had that shootout, back way back then. I said, I told you, happened almost 20 years ago. My family moved away from Mars Hill, Maine, and we went down to Missouri, which... Sometimes there the biggest news story is the shooting that happened last week, you know. So it was a very big culture shift going from Aroostook County, Maine, down to St. Louis, Missouri. And from there I began to travel even more. I went overseas. I went to the nation of Nicaragua in 2009. While we were over there, a military coup happened that scared all of our parents to death. Because we were over there in this foreign country, why this military coup was happening in the government. But we made it back safely. 
The next year I went to the Dominican Republic, helped out there in rural areas that I'd never heard of. The next year I went to the nation of Greece during the worst part of their economic crisis. And Greece is where I met my wife. We met overseas on a missions trip. I begin to travel, and I begin to travel more and more to the point that I have now been in seven countries. I've been in 37 states. And I'm not saying that as a bragging point. What I'm saying that is that now my perspective on humanity is much bigger than it was in a town of 1,500 people in northern Maine. And when you go to these different types of places, you see some of the pictures in Vanuatu, and, and I get ribs all the time. They say, are you sure you're going to do ministry, brother? When they see that our, the place we're living overlooks the ocean, it's just this beautiful area. They said, are you sure you're doing ministry? And I was like, but when you're in ministry, when you are a Christian and you go to these different places, it's different than when you're going on vacation. Because when you go there and minister to people and you hear the hurts of people, you hear the needs of people, you begin to have a different perspective than you had before. And one thing that I was quickly amazed by, when I come down to Missouri from Maine, I realize, oh, people have different problems here. Real, real mind-blowing, I know. They have different problems in Missouri that they do in Maine. Y'all have different problems here in Florida. Hurricanes scare me to death. Y'all ride through them like they're nothing. Okay? For you, a 12-foot snowstorm would freak you out. To us, they're nothing. First, first main snowplow Jennifer saw come around a corner with a blade seven feet tall off the ground. She was scared to death. She didn't know what that thing was. Okay? Different places have different problems. When we went over to Vanuatu, we began to see the different needs. And I realized that all my experience in my local church in Missouri, preaching and pastoring, it was very uh, helpful and very needed. And the instruction that my pastor gave me was so amazing. But I was having to learn how to reapply some things. I learned that some things that I learned over here in America, they just don't have that problem over there. I had to rework entire sermons. I'm an evangelist. I don't want to rework this sermon. Come on. Worked a hundred times before. i got to change it now because there's different problems in Vanuatu. But the reason I say all this is because the more and more I travel, the more and more I'm amazed at despite the vastness of humanity's needs, Despite the vastness of humanity's struggles and the different problems that we all face, despite how broad our pains can be, despite how varied our situations can be, no matter where I go, whether it's Maine or Missouri or Florida, whether it's Greece, whether it's Nicaragua, whether it's Vanuatu, every place I go, I find that God understands because I don't always understand and when I go into a new situation that's foreign to me I, I sometimes I'm, I'm saying well I might not have the words to say I don't understand this situation when I speak to people in Vanuatu they have different types of family problems because their family structures are different they're centered around the land you own not necessarily who you're related to and also they have different church problems because of that land and then they have other issues about money that we don't have and, and I'm going to these different places and I'm seeing the different problems and I'm saying God I don't understand 
But he does. And every time I am amazed. And I think that's part of the beauty of Christianity. That's part of the beauty about this Christmas season. Because unlike other religions, unlike other gods that people worship, our God is unique in the fact that He does understand. You see, in the Old Testament, they worshipped all kinds of gods. In the Old Testament, they worshipped gods who could make it rain. But they didn't worship gods who knew the value of rain for agriculture. Think about that. They knew gods who could defeat their enemies. But not gods who understood the human oppression that can happen amongst humanity. They worshipped gods who could give them spouses or who could give them children. They didn't worship gods who understood the value and the importance of human relationship. They worshipped all kinds of gods. They had a god for this. They had a god for that. But not a single one of their gods knew what it meant to be human. And this Christmas season, when we celebrate a birth of a child, it's not just any other birth. But it is unique in the sense that God refused to stay on His throne. God refused to let humanity suffer alone. And he said, I'm going to come down there and I am going to assume the form of broken humanity. And I am going to be limited in so many ways and I am going to feel the hurts of my people. And so as I travel, I realize the amazingness of how God can work and how He can move in so many different types of situations. And then when I begin to think about it from that perspective, I begin to realize some things. I begin to realize, you know, in Vanuatu, they do have different family systems, okay? They have they have family structures that are, are really based on land ownership and, and where you go. Some people have never lived on the land that is their own, but it is their own, and it's very confusing to us. Okay, they have arranged marriages still. That's a big difficulty that they have in the church. But guess what? They have family problems just like you do. You know that? We got family problems here. They got family problems. Did you know we serve a God who had family problems? Do you know we serve a God whose brothers rejected him? Who said, this guy is crazy? Do you realize we serve a God who experienced rejection from family members and breaking at family relationships? That's the God that we serve. In Vanuatu, they have different types of jobs, jobs I'd never heard of. Okay? They make a lot less money than we do. Minimum wage there comes out to about a dollar seventy American. That's minimum wage over there. But guess what? They have job problems too. Just like we have job problems. You got frustrations at your work. You got frustrations with your boss. They do too. You want to know something else? We have a God who worked a job. Bible says he was a carpenter. That's why when he showed back up in Nazareth, they said, is this the guy who made my cabinets? 
Is this the guy who, who made my kitchen furniture? Is this the guy who is repairing the structure? My, is this the handyman? Is this Joseph's kid? You understand, we serve a God who worked a job. Who had deadlines. Did you know that he paid taxes? He was so broke, he had to perform miracles to pay taxes. Peter needed to pay taxes one day. He said, all right, I ain't got no money, Jesus said, but there's a fish over there with a coin in its mouth, and you can use that to pay your taxes. And then he said, render unto Caesar what's due to Caesar. You know we have a God who paid taxes? Think about that. We suffer. Vanuatu, they suffer. Our God, He suffered. They have different struggles. They have different frustrations. We have frustrations. But guess what? We all struggle and suffer. And guess what? We serve a God who knows what it means to suffer. We have a God who knows what it means to be human. So now, when I read that passage that I read at the beginning, I have a bit of a different perspective. Because he said this, Seeing then that we have a great high priest that has passed into the heavens, he's ascended now, the writer of Hebrews writes, Jesus, the Son of God, but let us hold fast our profession. Because remember, we have not a high priest that cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted just like we are, yet without sin. So when you come into this house to worship God, other people who worship different gods, they don't have gods who knows what it's like to hurt like you do. Other religions and other places, they don't worship gods that know what it's like to come in after on church on Sunday and, and feel like every devil in hell has been chasing you all week long. They don't worship a God who knows what it's like to bleed. They don't worship a God who knows what it's like to suffer. But when you come into this place, you find a God who hears your problems and said, Guess what? Me too. We come in and we find a God that says, Oh, you're in pain? Me too. We serve a God. We come into this place and say, Oh, they rejected you at your work because of your faith. They make fun of you at school because of how you dress. Guess what? They made fun of me too. Guess what? They hurt me too. Guess what? They mocked me too. And so when we celebrate the Christmas season, we celebrate a God who became human for us. But I want you to watch something. We can stand, musicians can come. I want you to watch something. We don't just have a God who knows how to sympathize. He does sympathize. He does empathize. He can feel your hurts. And He can feel your pain. But if all He could do was sympathize, that'd be the end of the story. There'd be nothing else to do. 
But we don't just serve a God who can say, I feel your pain. We don't just serve a God who suffered like we suffered. But even though He suffered like us and He was in pain like us, the verse we read says He was without sin. Which means where we fell down, He stood up. Where we felt like the devil was attacking us all week long. He felt those attacks too. But he stood right up and walked out of that wilderness with his head held high. We experience pain and we experience suffering and we experience frustration. And he did too. But he overcame it for us. Watch this. This is what Isaiah 53 says. For he, has, for he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He hath no form or comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected of men. A man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. He was in pain. He knew what your grief feels like. He knew what your pain feels like. But the verse doesn't end there. It says, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But this is why he did it. But he was wounded for our transgressions and he was bruised for our iniquities and the chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes we are healed why did you do it God I did it so you could overcome where your own strength couldn't I suffered like you suffered so you could get up after you fall I died on a tree so you could be forgiven of sins that you couldn't help committing I did it all so you could experience healing and salvation I did it all for you why do we celebrate the Christmas season? Because He came down and did all these things for you. So Hebrews 4.16 says, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Why do we come before this throne boldly? Because he knows you're hurt. And he can help you make it through. Why do we come before him? Because he sees your sin. But he overcame. And he can give you the strength to overcome. Why do we come boldly? Because he understands. And he's going to help you through it. We don't serve a God who stayed on his throne. And threw some grace from far away. But he came down to take us in his arms. And said come to me. Come to me. Musicians can begin to play. When we celebrate a God who became human, 
we're celebrating something so unique. We're celebrating a friend. We're celebrating someone who sticks closer than a brother. We're celebrating someone who can understand your pain. Just like he can understand the pain of those in Vanuatu. We're celebrating a God who can understand and who welcomes you to cry in his arms. We're standing in the presence of one today who has felt our pain and overcame for us. At the end of this service, I would invite all of us to come and find one more time a God who knows your suffering. Oh, in the name of Jesus, every head bowed, every eye closed right now. There's too many people in this place that the devil has tried to tell you that no one understands. There's too many people in this place the devil has tried to let you know, oh, you're alone in this. There's too many people in this place that have went to that time of prayer as we talked about this morning and felt every devil screaming at them. But I'm here today to say, when you go to that place of prayer, heaven is there to meet you. Just like heaven came down 2,000 years ago in a manger. Heaven is coming down today. Heaven is in this place today. Oh, will you come and find an altar right now? Would somebody come and find a place to pray right now? Would somebody come and connect to that God who understands you today? Would somebody come and lay your burdens and your sufferings before the only one who understands completely? Would you come and connect and find that altar, that connection that we talked about? Will you find a God who knows what it means to be human? Oh, let's all pray to him right now in the name of Jesus. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.